This is episode 15. My guest is Ed Everts, founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Ed is a leadership and team coach who helps successful leaders build their self-confidence by having them lean into the braver and more courageous sides of themselves, which he will share with us. Ed's podcast, Be Brave at Work, is designed to help leaders tap into their braver and more courageous selves so that they are able to speak up as to what their companies stand for and the position they take in today's business landscape which is constantly changing and is challenging leaders everywhere. You're listening to Extraordinary Work, conversations about creating change. I'm Terry Yaffe, founder of Try Coaching. Throughout my career, I've worked in many industries, from fashion to advertising to sales. I'm a certified executive career and business coach and a TV and podcast host. These podcasts will connect you with people who work passionately, striving to make a difference. I hope these authentic and inspiring conversations will help you channel your ability to create change in your corner of the world. Extraordinary work. Conversations about creating change is brought to you by Transcend Capital, helping people better understand new investment opportunities and wealth management by exploring high growth opportunities, commercial real estate, and ways to reduce their tax exposure. Welcome, Ed. How are you today? I am doing great, Terry, and thank you so much for having me as a guest on your podcast. You are so welcome, and how ironic that you and I were both presidents of our respective chapters of the ICF, uh, I, New York City, you, Boston, exactly the same time, I believe, or somewhere near each other. I think so, and you know, our chapter was a little bit different because we were actually uh, for New England. So, you know, New England is this small right. group of states and uh, it wasn't just for one city like New York, but for all of the states in uh, New England. Okay. Well, here we go. So, Ed, my first question is, tell us a bit about how you got to where you are. So I spent about 25 years in what I call corporate America, working in organizations, primarily retail. So for those folks that are from New England, they re may remember stores like Jordan Marsh, Filene's, and Air, mm. which have all gone goodbye. But I spent <laughs> about uh, 15 years working there and then transitioned in the last 10 years of my career to a company called Iron Mountain, which is a business-to-business -business services company. I got laid off from Iron Mountain in 2008 and made a self-reflective decision to not go back to work for an organization, but to transition to my own independent practice, doing leadership coaching, team coaching, and small business strategy. And so that is what I do today. Very circuitous. However, I think a lot of people that have gone into their own businesses have kind of had a bit of a circuitous way of 
leaping to where they are today. I also. So one of the things I love about what you do and you you work with leaders, managers, clients, and on this um, subject, but also you have a podcast that aligns in some ways with the conversation you have with your clients. And that is being brave at work, being courageous, having the confidence to really stand up for their people, their organization, especially in today's changing and chaotic landscape. Can you expand upon that a little bit, Ed? Well, I love the word you use, Terry, which is align, because I really do believe that uh, the work that I do with clients in respect to being more impactful in whatever it is that they're doing, one of the behaviors that is required and they must get better at is bravery. Mm. And so through my own corporate career in those 25 years I mentioned earlier, and then in the 14 years that I've been doing leadership coaching, I observed and uh, was oftentimes asked to help people have a conversation that they have been avoiding, do something that they didn't want to have to do or felt they were brave enough to do. And I wasn't hired to help them do that, but it just became part of our relationship. And so when the opportunity came up to create and produce a podcast, very easily did the topic of bravery at work become the focal point. And so Be Brave at Work, we started in December of 2019. And our focus is just as you're saying, it's helping people talk about, make it a little bit more transparent and talk about ideas and ways to be brave at work. So would you be willing to share some of the conversations about bravery? What, in your opinion, has leaders stepping over, stepping aside, uh, going out the door when it comes to speaking up and expressing what is wanted and needed? Well, there's a couple of things, Terry, I think uh, we could talk about. One is the existence of bravery or the lack of bravery. So, for example, on my podcast, I don't ask people to tell us about a time they were brave because everybody loves to beat their chests and talk about a time where they did exactly what they should have done and everything worked out beautifully. Right. I want to hear more about a time when they were not brave, where they, as you said, stepped aside or didn't say something that they, upon reflection, thought they should have said. And in a survey that we had done recently, 96% of the people who responded said that there were opportunities in the past to say something that they should have said or done something that they should have done that uh, require bravery that they did not do. So this is a very common experience. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've not done a worldwide study on this topic, but my experiences in corporate America, my experience working with clients, and then the work that I've done around bravery tells me that this is a very common occurrence for most people, that there are times in our careers where we don't say what we should say or don't do what we should do. And 
to my second point is for a number of reasons, right? That I would love to say, oh, there's one reason that people are not brave at work and let's keep it simple. But in reality, there are a number of reasons and the more common ones are fear of damaging a relationship. So you're afraid to say something because you don't want to hurt or injure the other person and thus diminish the relationship that you have and make things even more complicated. So we're fear, you know, we're, we're fearful of damaging what we already have. And because we don't want to damage it, we follow the path of least resistance and don't say anything. Secondly, we might be fear, fearful of a negative outcome, right? That I say something to my boss, always respectfully and professionally. We stress that as part of the bravery model. But, you know, I say something to my boss, they don't like what it is that I had to say. And now I don't get promoted or I don't get a special project or they don't like me anymore. Right. So, you know, I'm fearful of a loss of, uh, of, of opportunity within my organization. So, you know, as I mentioned, the list is endless, but there are numbers of reasons why people don't say what they should say or don't do what they should do when they could as they think back upon it, you know, in the past. And all those are absolutely accurate. And one of the questions I I ponder is if someone is a leader, let's say a leader manager, where it's their responsibility to use their voice and their platform to speak up, and they don't. I, I ponder that. Um, especially somebody in a leadership role that is being looked upon to, to do just that. Well, this is the magic bullet of this topic, Terry, which is the lack of an existence of a culture that supports bravery. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of work has been done recently, and I'm thinking of a book by Amy Edmondson called The Fearless Organization, talking about something called psychological bravery and that's mm -hmm. exactly what you're describing it's a culture created by the president or a team leader it can be created by anybody who's working with others to ensure that those people are very comfortable saying what they want to say and doing what needs to be done again with respect and uh respectfully and professionally in order to ensure that we can move together effectively and this is just something that does not exist extensively and organizations, and part of it is because culturally, especially in the United States, we never were trained how to do any of this, right? Mm -hmm. You and I did not go to a, a class in junior high or high school called how to be psychologically safe at work, right? So, you know, we don't talk about it. We don't teach people how to do it. We don't learn how to do it. And then of course we get thrust into leadership roles where now it's expected and we don't know how to do it mm -hmm. or how to make great progress on that front. So the absence of leaders who take uh, assertive steps to ensure that their team members feel psychologically safe and can be brave at work doesn't exist to the degree today that it should. And this is, I call it the magic bullet because this is part of our mission, which is to help people figure this out because statistics have shown that in organizations where people feel more engaged and more uh, listened to and more appreciated, the profitability of those companies are greater. And that should grab the attention of people who want to ensure their organizations are profitable because the more engaged your people are, the more likely they're going to do great work for you and hence the more likely you'll be profitable. 
Wouldn't it be wonderful if every organization had a culture that was open and honest and um, everyone had the ability to speak up? You know, our conversation in this podcast is about how do people create change in their corner of the world? And being able to navigate the challenges that that are facing every business today is kind of expected in a way. Um, when somebody says they're a leader, there are expectations, and one you know has an image of what that means, right? And I think part of it is what I've seen is people don't know how to communicate in a way that allows for self-confidence, bravery, courageousness. And I see that, and I know you do, with your clients as well, that if, if only they understood how they could say all this in a way that isn't offensive or negative in a way. What What are your thoughts about that? Well, I think, you know, and actually, <clears throat> I think we're talking about a couple of areas of interest. You know, one is the complexity of leadership and mm. leadership by no stretch of the imagination is simple. And no one should ever say, hey, here's simple ways you can be a great leader, because I don't think it's simple. It's a very complicated set of behaviors that you need to do. And part of what you're referencing are these behaviors. And, you know, one of the first phrases I heard as I was working on developing my business and practice was habit number five from Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And habit number five is seek first to understand, then to be understood. And unfortunately, especially in corporate America, we have raised people to be more folks who speak first to be understood. And then if they have time, they'll try to understand, but that's not their priority. And we have to flip that to ensure to, to ensure that people feel engaged and participative and appreciated in organizations that they can be heard, right? That they have a voice and that they can be heard. So leaders need to move in a direction more where they are seeking first to understand why are you thinking what you're thinking? Where is that perspective coming from before being understood? And a subset of that then becomes bravery, right? Because I might want to say something, but don't feel incredibly comfortable. You know, you're the big boss and I'm just a new employee. Why would you even listen to me? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, where's my credibility, et cetera. And I need to ensure that I'm creating an environment where people feel comfortable going up to the president of an organization and saying, Hey, Terry, I have a couple of ideas that I think might be of interest to the organization. Would you be willing to hear them? That's another important behavior, which is permission. You want to ask to ensure that they're okay with listening to it. Uh, and once, of course, that they say yes, you then are able to share it, right? That doesn't exist everywhere, but it should to in increase the likelihood that people feel, again, engaged, appreciated, and are helping the organization be profitable. All great points. And since this is your area of expertise and you do help and help 
leaders and clients create change by speaking up. What are some tidbits that you can share with the, with the audience on how they might be able to be a little braver and courageous? So I absolutely would love to share a couple of thoughts and ideas that I think would be beneficial. Uh, that said, I don't think there's one answer in one. Of course not. Of course right not. Out there that says, hey, if you do the following three things, it will always work. Right. And leadership is is complex and being brave is complex. But, you know, a few things that should exist and if they don't exist, you need to work on making them exist are the following. One is you need to ensure you have a good relationship with others in the workplace. And that sounds very general and broad, but you know, you want to ensure that you have a positive and good relationship with others. I'm not suggesting your best friends and you're going out for margaritas every Friday night, <laughs> but you know, when they think of you, they feel positive, right? That Ed's always candid and respectful. He answers hit uh, you know, he gets back to me when I call. Uh, you know, he treats me respectfully, right? You want them to feel good. And the reason for that is if I have something I need to tell you that might be hard for you to hear, your likelihood to listening to me is greater if we have a relationship, right? So if somebody that you think very highly of says, hey, Terry, can I talk to you for a few minutes about something I think you might want to hear, your likelihood of saying yes is much greater than somebody who you have no relationship with who knocks on your door and says, hey, I want to talk to you for a couple of minutes. So think about and challenge yourself to ensure, especially within your inner circle, that you have uh, positive relationships with others. The second thing is that anytime you find that you want to talk with somebody about something that you believe they need to do a little bit differently in order to be effective, is focusing on the concept of practice, right? We don't talk about and we've diminished the efforts, uh, emphasis that you should have on this concept of practice. So. Practice is all about getting better at what you're doing by trying things out and making great progress. So find somebody that you know, that you trust and say, hey, I've got to talk to Terry about something next week. I need somebody that I can share with about what I want to say and how I want to say it. And I'd love your reaction, right? So you want to practice what it is mm -hmm. that you want to say in order to ensure that what you say is more likely to be well-received than just going in cold and mm. saying, hey, I want to talk to you about something and not having thought about how that, you know, you want to say it. So, you know, those are just a couple of ideas, Terry, for our listeners that they should think about as they are contemplating having conversations with others that require bravery. And these are wonderful ideas and wonderful concepts. I'm just going to add, I think at the bottom of all of it is how do we communicate? Being so aware of how you're going to couch the conversation, right? So it doesn't come across as pointing a finger or sounding like you're putting somebody in a corner. Mm -hmm. Well, we always stress that anytime you want to speak with somebody about something that may be hard for them to hear, that you are always respectful and professional, that anytime right. you let emotion or drama weave into it, that's right. going to be more of the area people focus on, right? less on what you have to say, right? It, Ed came into my office, exactly. he's so angry, right? right. But what did he want to talk about? I don't know, but boy, he was angry, right? right? So, you know, right. People, so you always have to be respectful and professional when speaking with someone. Communication is a very 
complex topic. When I think back on the clients that I have worked with, probably most of them wanted to include being a better communicator as right. one of their objectives, right. uh, you know, both with teams and with individuals. So I think it's a very individualized style. I mean, there are certain things that people need to ensure they're doing on a regular basis to be a good communicator. But you have to always ensure, Terry, that you are respectful, professional, that you treat people with dignity, and you ensure that they are listening to what you have to say, not how you're saying it. So, so true. And I want to thank you so much for this conversation, which is so relevant today. And I just want to end with the one piece that you did say, don't let emotion get in the way of having a transparent and productive and effective conversation. Would that be fair that as we be, end? <laughs> <laughs> that would be very fair. Emotion is a communication disabler. And if you're angry, that is not, you know, nine times out of 10, every once in a while, anger can help. But nine times out of 10, you know, anger is not the point where you go in and speak with somebody. So I think you captured it beautifully, Terry. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ed. It has been my pleasure to have this conversation with you. Take care. Thank you, Terry. It was great chatting with you. Thank you for joining the conversation. For related content on extraordinary work, visit my website, trycoaching.com. I'll be back in two weeks with another conversation. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe to future podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Always remember, when you work with passion and purpose, your work can become extraordinary. You won't want to miss our next episode with Judy Samuelson, founder and executive director of the Aspen Institute Business and Society Program and a vice president at the Aspen Institute as she brings into focus the profound shifts in attitudes and mindsets that are redefining our notions of what constitutes business success today.